welcome to the way of the womb podcast my name is beck i'm your host and i'm a trauma-informed holistic birthing doula womb worker and earth lover i am here to support you and all womb owners whether that's through your monthly cycles and navigating the everyday or whether that's to support your journey through the rite of passage of pregnancy and birth my passion is to support souls to come home to themselves so you can connect back to your innate power, your intuition and the wisdom of your body so you can feel empowered and live your truth. On this platform, we will be discussing periods, pregnancy, plant medicine, birth, trauma, mental health, spirituality, earth to body connection and everything in between. This is a place for conscious souls to gather so that together we can heal, thrive and live authentically, unapologetically as ourselves. This is the Way of the Womb podcast. Okay, so today we have on Amy Megan Day. Um, Hiya, Amy. Hi. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm super excited. You're so welcome. I'm very excited as well. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. So can you tell us a little bit about you? Okay, so my name is Amy. I'm 26. I am an autistic queer woman um, and I... Um, creating music at the moment that's one of my big passions I love to create <laughs> music mantras um, for other people to use in their practice in their spiritual practice um, at the moment I'm focusing on chakra mantras to create balance within the chakras and the energy in the body that's one of the things that I do I also do one-to-one mentoring and distance reiki and different things like that wow that's so amazing and I have to say as well if you haven't seen me share Amy's um mantra songs go and have a look on her Instagram because they are insane they are so beautiful um oh I I absolutely love them I've been using them in my practices and I love them and I think the girl one of the girls that I live with is always just like you singing that song again and I'm like I love it (laughs) it makes me so happy when people tell me that they're using them like I got a message from a friend a few a few days ago of her son singing one of them her like really young son it was so cute (laughs) I love that you should definitely bring like a know do people even bring cds out anymore (laughs) but like release music yeah making creating an album is definitely on my radar at the moment wow oh my god that's so exciting i love that (laughs) so i wanted to kind of touch on the importance of sisterhood and community yeah so I know that that's something you that has been like a big part of your journey as well um Mm. as it has been mine so I just wanted to yeah have a little chat about that really um just bring it into people's awareness because I know that especially within the spiritual community um and especially amongst those in women's bodies 
there can be a lot of um, comparison and a lot of sister wound being carried through. And I know that's something that I experienced for a really long time without realizing that, you know, not 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 wanting people to succeed, but being envious or feeling like I wish I could have that. Like, why does she get that? Yeah. And for years I experienced that and thought that was normal until I realized that actually we're in it together. So mm-hmm. it was just something I thought we could have a little conversation about. Yeah. So what in your mind, what does sisterhood and community mean to you? Mm. Yeah, I love that. So for me, sisterhood and community is really just a way of us being able to share in a safe space with each other and know that the kind of conditioned competition isn't there and we are seen and held as the people that we are and not as these kind of people who are comparing each other and and because there's so much conditioning of comparison that plays into it into the sisterhood wound. Um, so yeah, for me, sisterhood is really, it's really sacred. Um, yeah. Mm, I love that. And have you felt like it was always quite easy to step into a space of sisterhood? Because I know that, oh, I feel like I've been on a proper journey with this and you know, we, I feel like we're kind of brought up on me to believe, like, it's amazing to have 800 friends. Mm. And now I'm realising more and more, like, it's beautiful to get on and have connections with so many people, but actually having them close few around you is more profound than anything. Um, yeah, what I just wonder what your journey was with that and if yeah. you felt like you've always had sisterhood or how far how far along in your journey did you have to come before you felt like okay these are my people yeah okay well I actually really feel like it's only very recently as in like within the last year maybe year and a half that I've cultivated this like these few people that feel that I feel really comfortable around like enough to be my authentic self and I think that is that has been a massive thing for me on my journey with sisterhood because um because I'm autistic since I was young it will it because I'm autistic it doesn't come naturally to me as it does with many other people to understand how to behave in a social environment Mm. and to understand other people Um, I'm incredibly empathetic but the understanding in a social context isn't naturally there at all 
So since childhood, the way that I learned to be in conversation with people and, and in friendships and stuff um, has been to learn by copying. Right. And I feel like that just super reinforced the conditioning of like, oh, as women, we're supposed to be at competition with each other. And like, if this woman is, is um, thriving or whatever, then it means that I have to be in competition with that. Or it means that I can't have, um, I can't be thriving because she is or any of those things. And it made, it made friendships, especially in sisterhood, difficult because I wasn't being myself mm. um, and I think the reason why creating sisterhood has only happened for me recently is because it's kind of paralleled this journey that I've been on with being able to express myself authentically and being truly me. And that's allowed me to kind of have those connections more authentically as well. Wow. Oh, my God. I love that so much. <laughs> what a beautiful journey. Mm. And, oh, yeah, that resonates with me so much. Thank you so much for sharing your truth on that. Um, so I, I guess that with you um, having autism, it's mm. been another factor of your journey into sisterhood that's been more of a challenge say than a lot of other people would have experienced yeah. but through that then you have then more medicine to give to those mm. who are experiencing the same yeah so, totally. yeah uh, it's I definitely created like a, a a passion in me to speak about authenticity so much because <laughs> it's it's been and still is like I'm still in process with it massively um, such a such a big aspect of my of my journey with general life to be fair <laughs> yeah yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah I'm curious how your how your journey with sisterhood has been because you said that you resonated with someone oh I feel like I wasn't being authentic I didn't know who I was to even be authentic and I think this is to do with um trauma throughout my childhood I had no sense of self um my sense of self um was solely kind of created around what others were experiencing and their journeys so when I started to actually sit in my power and start to understand myself more and know who I was I was then able to step in but I have a really weird um I say really weird it's actually pretty amazing I've always hated it but like in the most recent years I've been like actually it's really cool that I feel like I have no control if I meet a new person I'm either like a fuck yes or a fuck now and it's not like towards them it's just like my body is either like yes you can be authentic or no it's not safe and there's no in between. It's not really like it gradually starts coming out. It's either like a yes or a no. 
Um, and it's not to say that I don't like the person or want to be friends with them. It's just like, oh, this, this person isn't my person. And it's a really straight away thing that I don't know why or how or what it is. It's like an energetic thing. Yeah. I've always been like, oh, what is the matter with me? Um, but now I'm actually like, actually, that's pretty fucking amazing because mm. what's the point of me making true connection that I try and almost or make connection that I almost try and force to become something more than what it should be when intuitively my body was saying no Mm. you know so my journey's been a little bit yeah my journey's been a little bit I think it keeps pausing doesn't it I don't know if you heard me saying before um how I spoke about you asked why um or what my journey had been And I just explains that because of things that's happened throughout my childhood, I feel like I had no sense of self really. And my main concern subconsciously was do whatever anyone else wants me to do because I yeah. am that person that looks after everyone. Mm. And through that, um, I didn't really start to step into my own power and obviously it's still a process I'm still learning every day now like who I am and all this stuff and I'm like oh that's interesting um but yeah because of that journey my relationship with sisterhood has changed quite a lot but similarly to what you said when you started almost stepping into your power and being on that path of authenticity this is what then follows and you start bringing in them people in alignment with you and where you are in this moment yeah I love that yeah yeah I also love what you you said about the energetics thing and being able to feel immediately because I so experienced like something similar to that and it's really interesting to hear your perspective of it Mm. because I was putting it down to kind of like something to do with me like not being able to be open to this person or whatever and Mm -hmm. not not necessarily the perspective of like maybe I'm just not meant to or this person isn't for me so I love that I love that you experienced it too I thought it was just me I used to be what's the matter with me why don't I want to be friends with this person which was never the case but funny isn't it and do you feel like throughout your journey your the sisterhood you've needed or the community you've needed has changed um depending on where you are do you feel like it's adapted or is it kind of always stayed where it was yeah I 100% feel like it's it's changed and evolved so much um and also in the same way, like the people who have stuck with me over years, I actually think I only have one or two friends who have been with me for years. Um, and it's been because they have evolved kind of on their journey at the same time. Wow. Um, and yeah, it's interesting because looking back, I can acknowledge the people who I've kind of drifted away from, Mm. 
and how much they served me for like a period of time and how how that friendship was meant to be there for that time in my life um I think it's really interesting like I don't know if um you know him but there's there's a spiritual speaker called Matt Kahn and no, I haven't. oh I'll have to send you some of his stuff because he's really he's really great um but he talks about uh, soul contracts and about how we make like these contracts before we come down into these bodies for this lifetime and those soul contracts can be like a day long or like years long um mm. And it's important for us to acknowledge when those contracts are ending. Um, and I think that's really true with, with friendships and with like the way our um, the way our relationship with sisterhood evolves. Um, because I think as humans we tend to want to cling to things to be able to have more of a semblance of control than we actually have over our lives yeah definitely um so yeah that's something that that um i think is an important thing to remember and think about when it comes to friendships and sisterhood because it does really change so much throughout our lives as we change mm. it's so true i mean it is like you know, an intimate relationship in a way, because, you know, when you're in a partnership with someone, if that person starts to change, which of course we all do all the time, we're constantly evolving. But when that person starts to change, it impacts us. And it's the same with friendship, because I know that my best friends, um, we are very much on different paths now. And she's still my best friend. And I absolutely love it a bit but we are on such different paths and I feel like at some points maybe it's been triggering for one or the other of us mm. because we're in such different places now and um, so it's really interesting whether we evolve together or evolve separately but still keep the connection or whether we break that connection and know that it's time to leave it behind and um, yeah it's crazy and I feel like the more I'm evolving and changing, the more more people that are on the same path as me are starting to come into my life that are like, actually, I'm going through this right now. And I'm like, oh my God, fuck yeah, let's talk about this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. crazy, it's so beautiful. Like we, we are almost, I don't really want to use the word manifesting, but we are bringing in and opening up to them people that are on the same path and they are the person we need, whether it's they come in for a fleeting moment to trigger us and, you know, come into our lives just to upheave something for or uproot something for a few days and then they leave and you're like, fuck now, that person just come in like a whirlwind, pulling shit <laughs> up and now yeah. I'm just here again. And it's like, wow, it's all growth, isn't it? Like, it's all, it's all to, 
build our inner strength and our inner sense of self and mm. yeah it's just beautiful the journey is just crazy <laughs> it is beautiful yeah I think something that you just said um that that is sticking in my mind is the thing is the thing about people triggering us mm. because I feel like a lot of the time um it's not really talked about very much that actually when people are triggering us those those are the relationships that can be super beautiful and meaningful and like it's Mm -hmm. maybe people think that if they're triggered by someone it's it's like a no like they think that they shouldn't be around those people when in reality Mm. those are those are the relationships that can actually be really beautiful and and growth inducing for for both of those people yeah I definitely agree with that Mm. I think as well it's very you know you've got to use your discernment very carefully between you know this person is triggering for me but they're also going to hold space for me to heal that trigger and I can have an open conversation with them about it and be like hey you triggered me can we talk about that I think it's because of this without blame just having an open vulnerable conversation whereas having someone come in that's just triggering and offloading and projecting yeah it might maybe like the best thing is to be like actually no it's not okay that you're doing that because you know sometimes a no can be as loving as a yes when Mm -hmm. we honor that and it's definitely trying to use your inner knowledge to know which person that is whether this is a person that's going to help you evolve or is this a person that you've brought in that's maybe making you relive Mm -hmm. a past cycle that you've had over and over like a past traumatic cycle because at the time we can maybe have a difficult relationship whether that's with a family member or a like romantic relationship and then start to bring and then people start to come into your life whether it's friends or new relationships that are doing exactly the same and it's because we haven't broken that pattern and we're allowing Mm -hmm. and it's almost like if we can acknowledge that and say actually this isn't okay let's have a vulnerable open conversation about it and if that person is open and you're then going to grow together and evolve and if that person is no and shutting that off then it's like okay is this actually going to be for my highest good yeah so so true like people who trigger you can be medicine or they can be medicine in a different way of learning to hold yourself and putting stronger boundaries in place which is also medicine isn't it Mm, I love that yeah Mm. definitely everything is medicine (laughs) (laughs) so how do you think you have cultivated a sense of sisterhood I know you said you've it's something that's happened more recently for you what would you say are the best ways of someone who's looking at really building sisterhood and bringing those people and that community in what would 
what would you say would be a good place to start with that I know it's a bit of a loaded weird question but yeah I just wonder what your outlook was on that okay so the first thing that came up for me I think just because it's how I how I have experienced it um just the concept of my own self-worth came up for me and I think that's because I've always been so concerned about everyone else um I was always a people pleaser and very scared of what other people thought of me and I think that addressing those things in me and creating safety within myself um, and acknowledging my own self-worth allowed people to come into my life who weren't reliant on me being the people pleaser in the relationship. Mm. Um, and obviously that's going to be super different <laughs> for everyone because we all have different experiences of like um, relationship dynamics and like because I know that the, the people pleaser part of me comes from the role that I that I played growing up in my family dynamic um, and obviously that's going to be different for everyone but um, for me working on my own working on feeling into my own um, worth and um, acknowledging that and um, also acknowledging the fact that I am worthy of having beautiful connective friendships and being in sacred sisterhood um, as my authentic self. Um, I feel like that allowed the universe the opportunity to bring that in mm. I love that yeah it's definitely part of it is definitely going inwards and knowing who am I like what patterns have I been repeating or what is an old trauma or trigger resurfacing within relationships so I can kind of look out for them red flags in future ones yeah. but you know not in a not coming from a place of fear just a place of awareness and you know once we know that we are worthy as you said of being in a kind of relationship where we are held and have space held for us that's safe and mm -hmm. um, we open ourselves up to allow it to come forth. And I found that a really good way of doing that is connecting with people on Instagram, man, like <laughs> reaching out to people, being vulnerable and just being like, hey, like if you like someone's post, just messaging, hey, your post is actually fucking cool. It really resonated with me. And, you know, it could spark a conversation that could end. I've made so many amazing friends through Instagram. Like, it's been insane. Like, you being one of my good friends as well. And I've met you through the online world, mm -hmm. which is so amazing. And, you know, knowing your self-worth and stepping into 
a space that might be held for women or those in women's bodies so women's circles or groups um yoga groups all of this and just interacting with people and just allowing yourself to be vulnerable because the people that are in them spaces are more than likely exactly in the same place as you are mm. and are just looking for connection and growth and a space to be held for them so they in turn will hold space for you and so it can be super scary but stepping outside of your comfort zone and knowing your worth and knowing that if you do a little scary thing and just do it without thinking about it join that group or join that circle and just say because when women gather something magic happens something mm-hmm. magic like beyond secret and I know we've met through um, a group program um, yeah. called Limitless and that's just like such a beautiful space shout out to Dr Sarah Coxon hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah but yeah such a beautiful space where everyone everything is welcome and space is held and yeah it's just been so nourishing to be in that space oh yeah that's a good word for it yeah it really is nourishing Mm. yeah it's magical it's been it's been magical to to be able to connect with with women who are also on this journey of of discovering themselves and of shedding limiting beliefs and, and conditioning and and just it, it feels like almost a like separate little world because yeah. we're all so like like in 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 the world today there's so much comparison and competition and we're just like in our little <laughs> sacred sisterhood bubble of having so much love and support for each other it's really beautiful yes oh my god it literally is like a bubble where you can just be as open and vulnerably as you want to be then you have people you don't even know going I hear you I see you you're so worthy like that's fucking amazing good for you go and do it girl I believe in you you've got this and you're like oh my god I can do this because I have these this support system behind me mm-hmm. and I feel like being in a space like that has been really healing for the sister wound um, yeah. and I don't know what your experience has been with the sister wound um, and if you have experienced it or if you've seen it firsthand mm. um, yeah I just wonder if you had any insights on that oh yeah definitely I've definitely experienced it um in, in in a couple of different forms, actually, I think. I mean, mm. I, I can be kind of oblivious to certain things in social situations. So I feel like through high school, um, it didn't affect me as much as I, well, it didn't affect me as much, but that's not to say that it wasn't happening. <laughs> it just wasn't yeah. something that I was aware of as much. But I kind of feel, thinking back, 
that it was happening. It just wasn't something that I absorbed into my reality sort of thing. Um, but definitely at university, it was much more prevalent. I went to university for musical theatre and it's, it's an incredibly competitive environment already. Um, mm. Like we would have um, a major show, um, like production um, every year, but also we would have assessments and things like that throughout the year where you would have to perform in front of everyone. And so all of that just kind of perpetuated the conditioning that was already within us of um, comparing um, each other and competing with each other. Um, and so that was quite damaging for me, I think. And it came to the end of my degree and I've actually not thought about whether this played into how I felt at the end of my degree, but it probably did. Um, I ended up feeling like um, music and theatre were things that weren't for me anymore because I convinced myself that I wasn't the kind of person who could um, be comfortably in such a competitive industry um, mm. and it's interesting that it has that story to it the the industry because I think everyone has this view that it's so competitive and 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 people talk about it in that way when actually it really can just be what you make it to be mm. um, but yeah I definitely think the sisterhood wound, um, not the sisterhood wound, the sister wound and comparison and competitiveness um, was detrimental to me throughout that period of time. Yeah. Yeah, I can only imagine, like I haven't been to university and just the sounds of performing in front of people makes me go, <gasps> <laughs> But um, no, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that um, so honestly. And I can imagine that it was a very intense environment to be in and made you very much question your sense of self a lot, mm. um, especially seeing others perform and you perceiving it to maybe be better or worse than your own performance you know that this the kind of masculine base world we're in is all about compete succeed do better and all of that and you know women actually aren't built like that we're built to support one another and come together like for generations and years and years ago women would gather and they would support each other you know you've heard, probably heard that um quote it takes um a whole village to raise a baby it was never just one woman woman it was always six women eight women ten women like and if we can bring that back in I feel like because I know when I post something 
when people message me being like Beck that really resonated with me thank you so much for saying that I'm like oh my god yeah like I'm actually feel, it, it eggs me on to do more eggs me is that the right, the right word eggs me on um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to say it uh, it pushes me on to want to you know gives me inspiration to do more to share more and then I then give that back to other women and it just creates a beautiful community where everyone starts to feel supported Mm -hmm. rather than oh have you seen what she did last week down the road she got this car who does she think she is (laughs) fuck it like oh my god good for her have you seen the car she's got that's amazing I'm gonna go and ask what job she does so I can get myself one and say well done you know like yeah it's crazy how we've been conditioned to believe that actually we can we should work against each other because actually we all work together we all get to experience these feelings of joy and support and happiness um that's something that's really started to kind of click and make sense for me the past few years is that actually we as women need to be in support of each other because Mm -hmm. there's been so much oppression and so much pain that us as a kind of gender have experienced um that why are we fighting against each other when we're in it together yeah yeah in it together Mm -hmm. yeah i just got on a massive run (laughs) (laughs) no it's amazing um yeah i love that concept of like when we become so much more open and um, like solid in ourselves to the point where we don't feel the need to be in competition with others. There's Mm. then this like natural flow of support that can happen. Yeah, so true because I, you know, judgments, still arise for everybody like majority of the time no matter how woke you are (laughs) or whatever like unconsciously you could think oh I wonder how she's got that I wonder how he's done that you know it might not even be a judge it might just be a thought like that um but just to I find it really um quite significant just to acknowledge that within myself when that comes up just like ah is that triggering something for me yeah me feeling like I'm not worthy enough or I'm not capable enough of achieving that or is this me projecting my own shit onto this person because you know it's because they feel triggered by this person and whatever it is they're achieving and it's triggering within them Mm. self-doubt or self-worth and they then project it and say well it's because she's done this and she last week and it's like actually it's got fuck all to do with it <laughs> it's about how you even that you feel within and what that's brought up because yeah. yeah only I suppose people who speak of others I know no one's perfect but the people who speak about others or from a place of you know pain or triggered or anger or whatever um the only people that project and do that are people who are in pain themselves Mm -hmm. so 
just showing yourself compassion in that moment and being like oh actually okay this is triggering something that's quite painful for me which is why I feel like I'm gonna retaliate or be this way towards this person but actually it's about me so let me own it bring it into awareness so I don't then project onto this person which doesn't necessarily deserve it. yeah mm. yeah I love that and I also I think that sometimes as well when I mean this this is definitely my experience like when when I'm aware that my brain has gone into like that comparison mode it's interesting to observe like maybe that's because this person is doing something that I also would be really interested in doing or like there's a desire there and I think that's cool to to be aware of and notice because kind of the same way that that sometimes fear can be an indicator of something that we actually desire to do I think sometimes the comparison um with what another person is doing or another person's experience there can be some sort of underlying desire there of actually I would really um, I would really like to explore doing something similar yeah I love that and then reaching out to that person being like hey like I love what you're doing that's amazing how can you how can I do that too instead of being like going to do my own research and then I'm going to do it 10 times better than this person yeah. <laughs> that's what we are normally taught to do isn't it yeah oh. like actually be able to talk to the person and be like I would really like to hear what your experience has been of doing this thing yeah literally like I message people all the time on Instagram being like hey I really love your post what can you tell me more about it like I don't understand or I'm just like you know what I'm just gonna ask and open up these conversations and you know so many beautiful I've had so many beautiful conversations and our beautiful connections with people whether it was only for five minutes or I still talk to them now um just by being open and being like hey could you could you explain that to me I don't understand and being vulnerable and mm. you know trusting that the other person will welcome that um, yeah. and it's also healing for them and supportive for them to have that interaction yeah definitely because I, I feel like as well the more that we are openly vulnerable the more the person that we're interacting with feels um, that they can be too. It gives them permission. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I love that. <laughs> oh, I feel like I've just ranted. <laughs> <laughs> it's been great. I've loved it. Oh, I've loved this conversation. Thank you so much. I really, really love, yeah, love that we're just talking about this and bringing it into awareness. And yeah, because it's yeah. something that so many people experience. Um, so, yeah, would you like to tell everyone where they can find you? Um, yeah, so. Um... I'm mainly only on Instagram at the moment. So my Instagram is Amy Megan Day. Um, 
I don't have an H in my Megan. A lot of people ask that. <laughs> and my aim is A-M-Y. So yeah, that's that's mainly it. I do have a YouTube channel um, that I haven't been posted on as much recently. It's not a focus for me at the moment because I'm focusing so much on music. Um, so yeah, mainly just Instagram. Beautiful. And I'll put um I'll put your um what's it called? Handle? Put your handle in the um little note of this podcast. So thank you so much. And I'll probably speak to you later on today. <laughs> okay, send a loads of love. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Way of the Womb podcast. If this episode resonated with you and if you enjoyed this episode, please take a screenshot and share this on your social media. Tag me at Beck Wallace Birthkeeper and drop me a message. Let me know how you found it. And if you feel called, please feel free to leave a review. It just helps other people to find the podcast so that we can build community and gather together. Thanks so much. Sending all the love.